MSW Media. Today's episode is brought to you by Jiminy's, maker of sustainable dog food and treats made with cricket protein that is better for the environment, uses less land and water to produce. Cricket protein is a superfood that's delicious, nutritious, and easy to digest for dogs. And you can save 25% on your first purchase. Just go to Jiminy's.com slash DailyBeans25 and use code DailyBeans25 at checkout. Today's show is also brought to you by my favorite daily nutritional drink, Athletic Greens. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Just go to athleticgreens.com slash dailybeans to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. We thank them for their support. News, Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Thursday, April 14th, 2022. Today, Mark Meadows is removed from the voter rolls in North Carolina as they investigate him for voter fraud. The 1-6 committee interviews former Trump lawyers Pat Cipollone and Patrick Philbin. A year after the FBI raid, Rudy is helping the DOJ or is he? The Air Force offers to help families negatively impacted by Republican anti-LGBTQ plus laws. A judge denies Sussman's motion to dismiss the Durham indictment. Truckers that once endorsed Governor Greg Abbott of Texas blast him for bottlenecking imports and a Syrian immigrant nabs a Brooklyn subway shooter. I'm Allison Gill. And I'm Dana Goldberg. Hello. Hi, Dana. Happy Thursday. Hi, G. Happy Thursday to you, my dear. Thank you. Thank you. I hope you had a wonderful birthday and uh, I'm hoping you got tons and tons of, of glad tidings and birthday wishes. I did. Everyone was incredibly sweet and I spent some time with people I care for and it was lovely. It was lovely to start my new trip around the sun. Excellent. 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 I'm so glad you had a happiest of birthdays. Today's a really happy day for me because later in the show, I get to talk to one of my heroes, one of my sheroes, co-founder of The Daily Show and Air America worked with Rachel Maddow. It's Liz Winstead. She's also the founder of Abortion Access Force, and she's just incredible. She is incredible. I adore her. Doing good work and funny as hell. Ah, amazing work. And I'm so happy and proud to announce that her podcast, Feminist Buzz Kills Live, is going to be coming over to the MSW Media (laughs) Network. So holy majoli, I can't tell you, like of all the things I've done, like in my life, like having someone who created some of the media that changed my life yeah, is going to be working with me on, on her media. And I'm just so blown away by that. So I look forward to talking to her. Got some quick headlines. And I don't know, I hope this doesn't become a thing where we do news and then do the news. Mm-hmm. But we, we have some quick headlines today. The Brooklyn subway shooter has been caught but not without the help of Zach Tehan, a 21-year-old Syrian immigrant who spotted him on security cameras where he works and ran outside to get folks away from him and flagged down some cops driving by who made the arrest. That is how it was this awesome. guy was caught. I mean, this guy, and who knows what you know the perpetrator was going to do at this point, but had a bag, like a package that he was about to set down. The guy's like, back away from this guy. Trust me on this. He's from the television. He's from the TV. Yes, yeah. that guy was so great. And he's like, look, if you see something, say something, right? You got to get the cops. Unbelievable. So, you know, I raise your hand if you think immigrants make America best. Uh, uh, my hand is up mm-hmm. high in my apartment. Totally, totally yeah. amazing. AG, this story, this I love. I mean, this is also bananas. Mark Meadows has been removed from the voter rolls in North Carolina while he's being investigated for voter fraud. Because you can't register to vote using the address of a double-wide trailer you never lived in, okay? (laughs) You can't use the address of an Airbnb. You just can't do those things to vote. So he can't vote right now in North Carolina, which is really interesting. Bummer for him. And the judge in the Durham-Sussman case has denied Sussman's motion to dismiss. We thought this was probably going to happen because the judge said, yeah, you know what, Sussman, you're right. This is probably a bullshit case. But that's really for a jury to decide. So... That's what's happening there. So I guess we're taking this thing to fucking trial. How embarrassing for Durham. Because it's not going to turn out well for him. And I'm still waiting on a decision on that motion that Sussman's lawyers filed to get Joffe, tech executive one, either immunized or, uh, you know, tell us what you're threatening to indict him with so that he can testify and give exculpatory 
testimony for for Sussman. We'll see what happens. Maybe another week or so before that decision is made. But we do have some other headlines to get deeper into. Let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right. So two of Donald Trump's Donald's Trump's. Uh, You should really keep some of these in just for the entertainment of the people. It has been a day, people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, I, you know, it's it's not a this today wasn't a hard day for me. I I got to sleep in late. I didn't get up till eight. Yet here we are. And, you know, it may be two of Donald's Trump's. (laughs) Yeah, it could be. You never know. Could be a double possessive. There's two guys. So why, why not? Anyway. Two of Donald Trump's top White House lawyers are slated to speak with the January 6th Select Committee today. And I think they're done. I'm not sure. I haven't checked in with my, you know, people on the ground who know. But this is according to a person with knowledge of the arrangement. Pat Cipollone, Trump's White House counsel, and his deputy, Patrick Philbin, are expected to speak informally with the panel. This is a potential precursor to a more formal transcribed testimony, perhaps later. Cipollone emerged as a central source of pushback. In the frantic final weeks of Donald Trump's presidency, he reportedly pushed back aggressively against the last ditch plan to appoint a special prosecutor to examine Trump's claims of election fraud, one Sidney Powell. And he also appeared to be the subject of a January 5th text from Fox News host Sean Hannity to (laughs) the guy who can't vote in North Carolina, Mark Meadows. (laughs) Quote, Pence pressure. White House counsel will leave, Hannity wrote. Mm -hmm. Cipollone and Philbin had also been part of an Oval Office meeting on January 3rd when Trump was there and he made it clear officials would resign. Cipollone made it clear that officials would resign if he tried to put Jeffrey Clark as acting attorney general to replace Jeffrey Rosen. And that's according to the Senate Judiciary Committee's report on Trump's efforts to interfere in the Justice Department. And remember, the Senate Judiciary Committee was investigating until the 1-6 Commission was put together, the 1-6 panel, select committee. And then all other committees agreed to stop investigating 1-6 so they could. Quote, one thing we know is you, Rosen, aren't going to do anything to overturn this election, Trump said. That's according to Rosen's testimony to investigators. We've only seen parts of that. Philbin's materials were also at issue in at least one tranche of records delivered by the National Archives to the committee earlier this year. According to a Justice Department court filing written on behalf of the archives, the documents included files drawn from Philbin's records, such as A memorandum apparently originating outside the White House regarding a potential lawsuit by the United States against several states President Biden won. And again, that's a Justice Department court filing written on behalf of the archives. The lawyer worked on some of the White House's most sensitive issues, including by defending Trump against the House impeachment charges against him related to his withholding and extorting Zelensky and withholding military aid from Ukraine. And by the way, Dana, the National Archivist sent another letter to Donald today saying we're going to go ahead and hand over a bunch more of your documents and White House records to the committee and we're going to do it in 15 days. So I'm still hoping to see, by the way, those outtakes of the video he reluctantly (laughs) recorded asking his seditionists, his co-conspirators to go home in peace or whatever. Those got to be good outtakes. Oh, yeah, because, you know, that wasn't the first take, (laughs) as we know from fact. Okay, AG, huge, huge multi-mile traffic jams at numerous U.S. border crossings in Mexico. They worsened on Wednesday as the horrible Texas Governor Greg Abbott largely kept in place his new restrictions that require secondary inspections of commercial trucks and other vehicles. Now, this new policy announced last week has led some truckers to remain snarled in traffic for more than 30 hours, prompting desperate pleas from fruit and vegetable importers the auto industry, and other executives who said that their products are being caught up in this political standoff. In an afternoon news conference, Abbott said he would only relax inspections on trucks entering Texas from Nuevo Leon, Mexico, because that region's governor had agreed to tighter security measures. But he was keeping the restrictions up in the other entry points until the governors would follow suit. Now, White House officials blasted Abbott's tactics. Multiple federal agencies were swept up in this very fast-developing traffic jam. So this is a quote. These actions are impacting people's jobs and the livelihoods of hardworking families in Texas and across the country. This is from our dear White House press secretary, Jen Psaki. And she went on to say, it's not a political statement. That's a statement of fact. I'd also note that what we're seeing with these unnecessary inspections of trucks transiting ports of entry between Texas and Mexico, there's significant delays, which are resulting in a drop in commercial traffic up to 60 to 70% in some ports, which is huge. 
The governor's plan to have state officials scrutinize each truck meant up to 80% of perishable fruits and vegetables have been unable to cross since Friday. That's from Lance Jugmeyer. He's the president of Fresh Produce Association of the Americas. Now, this caused losses of millions of dollars a day for the employers and employees who have been idled, basically, he said, with customers unable to load product from their Texas suppliers. It also means transportation shortages are increasing as available trucks are stuck waiting in line to cross the border, all of which will continue to drive up the price of produce at American grocery stores. So let's listen to a local man who posted this on TikTok today. Folks, you need to watch this video to the end and you need to interact with it. You need to leave a comment. We need to boost this as much as possible. And this is your only warning. There's going to be cussing because I'm fucking mad as hell. I am telling you right now, Republicans are intentionally working to drive up inflation and intentionally working to cripple our supply chain. Right now, Governor Abbott here in the state of Texas is forcing the DPS, which is our version of the state troopers, to stop every single truck coming out of Mexico, every single truck, and do a safety inspection on it, safety inspection on it. What they're doing is they're backing up shipping for dozens and dozens and dozens of miles. Normally, a Mexican driver will bring a truck over across the border. They'll drop it at a depot, and an American driver will pick it up and drive off. They usually do about four a day. They can't get one through. They can't get one fucking truck through. They're backed up for fucking miles. Why? Because they want to drive up inflation. They think it's going to help them in the midterms. They want to cripple our fucking supply chains because they think it will help them in the fucking midterms. They're doing it on purpose to hurt you, your family, your wallet. This isn't being covered in the national media. All the national media wants to talk about is inflation, inflation, inflation. But they don't want to fucking talk about why it's fucking happening. This, you have to look at local Texas media, Houston, you know, fucking El Paso, Laredo. Laredo's the largest land port in this country. And they've got it backed up so goddamn far you can't even see the end of the goddamn line. These are the sorriest motherfuckers in the world. Republicans are traitors. They don't give a shit who they hurt, who they fuck, just so long as they can get some power. I'm telling you, people, vote blue, vote blue in every election. And Dana, this this just came in like just right now. I, here, I've got my paper. It's been handed to me. Abbott has relented. Good. He has stopped the secondary inspections because of the pushback from the truckers who endorsed him for governor. But that guy, I think that local guy said it all. So that's what it's about. It's about making noise. And it's it's about now, of course, Abbott says, oh, it's because of uh, our partners in Mexico that I'm doing this. No. Yeah. No, it's not. It's because you just lost possibly a giant voter swath of, of truckers who are pissed at you. Huge. All right. This is weird. Federal prosecutors may soon reach a charging decision regarding Rudy Giuliani's foreign lobbying efforts involving Ukraine after he helped investigators unlock several phones that were seized by the FBI. And that's according to multiple sources familiar with the probe. But which multiple sources, right? We'll get to that in a minute. Giuliani has also offered to appear for a separate interview to prove he has nothing to hide. That's according to Rudy Giuliani's lawyer, (laughs) renewing a proposal that federal prosecutors have previously rebuffed. We said, no, we don't No, Thank you, though. Investigators seized 18 devices during a high-profile raid on Giuliani's home last April. It's been a year. Since then, a court-appointed special master, Barbara Jones, has been reviewing materials on devices to shield from prosecutors any materials that could be considered attorney-client privilege. The review has been long-running in part because investigators haven't been able to unlock several of the phones. And I learned a little bit about this, Dana. I was like, why doesn't, why doesn't just Apple and whatever just like help them unlock the phones? And as it turns out, that's a bad thing. That's a slippery slope. But also Apple can't. Their encryption software they've written is they don't even know how to crack it. They would have to write a back door into it. And then that would make all iPhones vulnerable. I think they probably did that on purpose, too, because they're like, we don't want any part of this. Like we our customers have privacy. We don't want to know what's going on. So if you yeah. need to do this, we're not going through the front end. And that happened in the San Bernardino shooting. And they can't go through the front end either. So that's a good thing for for privacy, but, you know, a bad thing for federal prosecutors who have a warrant to seize these devices, but can't get into them. And I also learned a little bit further that if it's you can open it biometrically, you can compel the witness to 
put their face up to the phone and open it with the face identifying software or the facial recognition software or the fingerprint. You can make them do that, but you can't make them tell you a password because that violates your Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination. Now, in recent weeks, Giuliani met with prosecutors and during that meeting, he assisted them in unlocking three phones that investigators had been unable to open. That's according to people familiar with the investigation. It's unclear if Giuliani also answered questions from investigators during this meeting. Now that several more devices are unlocked, that could speed up the review and ultimately lead to a quick decision over whether the former mayor of New York will face criminal charges. Now, let's see. Rudy provided these passwords in recent weeks, according to sources. That means he would not provide them for the past year. So what could have happened recently that changed his mind? Did prosecutors promise him lenience in this case, using crimes in another case, like maybe the January 6th probe? Or did prosecutors, after finally getting all of the evidence provided by the special master in the Ukraine case, put the screws to him with the evidence that they got from the raid that they just received? But whatever it is, he's not unlocking the phones to exonerate himself because he'd have done that a year ago, right? Like, because he know how he just said, well, it proves I've done nothing wrong. He, you would have proved you've done nothing wrong a year ago. So either something caused him to change his stance and he helped unlock these phones, or he leaked that he helped unlock these phones to get Donald Trump to support him his legal finances. Because <laughs> he's been trying to do that for a long time. And maybe he didn't help unlock these phones at all. But if he did help unlock these phones, then something happened recently that made him do that. We'll find out. I cannot wait because, you know, if it has to do with Rudy Giuliani, it's going to be sketch. Yeah. Either way, he's shitting his face. right? Exactly. Literally. Probably literally, actually. (laughs) Okay. A.G., this is an incredibly unusual move. And you'll, I know, appreciate the story. The Air Force. Air Force is making a point to let us hundreds of thousands of personnel know that it will provide families with medical and legal help if they are personally affected by new state laws attacking gay and transgender children. This is fucking huge. I want everyone to understand the weight of this. And if those service members feel they need to leave those states entirely for the sake of their kids' mental or physical health, the Air Force will help them do that too. Fuck. Yeah, the Air Force is the only branch of the U.S. military doing this, by the way, right now. Its leaders informed personnel late last night, both internally and in a press release, that they have several resources available to them if they need help navigating anti-LGBTQ state laws that may be hurting their families. Specifically, Air Force leadership is telling service members that military medical facilities are available to provide mental health support to them or their children if they need it in the wake of any new laws in states like Florida, where schools are banned from talking about gender identity or sexual orientation, or Texas, where the governor is ordering state officials to literally investigate parents of transgender children for child abuse. I've met some of them over the last few weeks. Now, they've also... They're telling service members that military legal personnel, they're making it available to provide free counsel to families trying to understand their legal protections in states targeting gay and transgender kids. The largest Air Force base in the world happens to be in Florida, too. It's Eglin Air Force Base. So this is a big deal. Air Force leadership is also telling personnel that they can lean on an existing program The exceptional family member program is what it's called if they need to be reassigned to a different state with a safer environment for their family or LGBTQ child. Now, this kind of transfer could apply, for example, to an Air Force member who is stationed in Texas and raising a transgender child who needs gender-forming treatment like hormone therapy. Now, Air Force leaders, they have yet to receive any requests for legal assistance from personnel relating to the effects of these anti-LGBTQ laws. That's what the Air Force spokesperson Laurel Tingley said. Now, they also don't know if there's been any uptick in the use of mental health services because they don't track that, which is a little bit crazy. For now, the Air Force's focus is simply on letting personnel know that their employer has their backs if they need it. And I do have to wonder if there is a lot of PTSD in this situation of just, you know, when don't ask, don't tell. I understand that's been gone for a little bit, but Hmm. not that long considering how LGBTQ people were treated within the military branches. So, It may take a little bit of time for them to trust, oh, this is real. You have my back. This isn't some ploy to get me fired. Yeah. And I think when they say they don't track that, I think that's for HIPAA purposes. Ah, that Um, makes sense. Meaning you go get mental health, but you don't know if it's because, you know, you were in a plane crash or because, you know, you have a transgender. Like they don't 
at, like they don't say what the person came in to get seen for. Yeah. All right. Just an amazing story. Thank you, Air Force. And I, I hope my Navy follows. I hope all the branches follow. I assume they will. Usually they don't act alone like this, you know, in defiance of other branches. Right. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. And remember, if you see that the Marine Corps doesn't do this, that's because the Marine Corps belongs to the Navy. Sorry, Marines. And so if the Navy does it, the Marine Corps does it. <laughs> you know what? That might not be true. But MHS, Medical Health System for the Navy, is the Marine. They don't have their own MHS. So that would be true. Okay. Anyway. Did you notice how I just stayed quiet during that whole thing? Because I was like, (laughs) (laughs) you're You're going to know before I do. You're like, this is what you did for 12 years while you were working for the government. I'm like, my co-host sounds sketchy as fuck right now. probably know this. Uh, Anyway, uh, we'll be right back with one of my heroes, co-founder of The Daily Show and Air America, Liz Winstead. Stay with us. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody, it's AG with The Daily Beans, and today's sponsor is Allform, the best place to buy customizable, amazing furniture for your home. It's beautiful, custom-made furniture. You make it according to your specifications and deliver it to your home free and fast. Using Allform, you can create your own luxury furniture at a fraction of the cost, and tailor it to fit your own style. I selected a three-seat sofa with whiskey-colored leather, walnut legs, and a chaise lounge. In addition to looking good and being comfortable, it matches the decor in my room perfectly, and it's pod pet resistant because it's got that spill stain scratch resistant um, whiskey-colored leather, which is amazing. And they have a forever warranty, so in case anything happens, awesome. Orders are shipped quickly. They arrive within five to seven days in the mail. They're easy to assemble without tools. You can start small, too, and add more seats on as you need them if your house gets bigger or your family grows. They have armchairs and love seats all the way up to eight-seat sectionals. And best of all, you've got 100 days to decide if you want to keep it. 100 days. That's three months. More than three months, actually. And if you don't love it, they'll pick it up for free and give you a full refund. So there's no risk. And like I said, they have that forever warranty. So to find your perfect sofa, check out allform.com slash dailybeans. Right now, Allform's offering 20% off all orders for our listeners. That's allform.com slash dailybeans. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. I am so happy today. I'm going to be joined. I'm joined right now, actually. Not going to be, but like right now. Joined by the Daily Show co-creator, founder of Abortion Access Front and host of Feminist Buzz Kills Live, Liz Winstead. Liz, hello, my friend. Hello. What's happening? There are so many things happening. Uh, not You wouldn't realize it if you were watching the news on television because uh, there's only one thing happening. But there are literally dozens of things happening that we can talk about. And I'm so excited to talk to you today because, first of all, your show, Feminist Buzzkills Live, is going to be coming over to the MSW Media Network. I cannot. I couldn't be more excited to be part of a network that has so many dope podcasts. But also, I was shocked at how many podcasts I go on where they don't allow swearing. And I was like, we live in what the fuck times. What are you talking about? We need what the fuck shows. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, what, what does it even mean when you're like, well, our podcast is PG. I had somebody say my podcast is PG 13. And I'm like, it's a sex show. Mm -hmm. Like your show is going to (laughs) fail. If you have a PG-13 sex advice show, what are you even talking about? It it reminds me of when I was a comedian. They're like, okay, you know, this is a clean show, right? You know, there's going to be a benediction right after you. And I'm like, oh, that's sad for whoever that is. And uh, okay. But then they give you so much leeway, like right up to the edge. Like, yeah, you can do your 20 minute chunk on BJ's, but, you know, just don't say what BJ stands for. And I'm like, OK, because no one's going to get it right. All right. Thanks. Thanks. Uh, oh, enjoy your benediction. So uh, something I do want to talk to you about today is Abortion Access Front. And yeah. I remember getting in on this and doing events with you way early on back in like 2018, 2019. When we were doing the Mueller She Wrote podcast, you send us these amazing shirts, which I still have and I wear. I front, I just I sport that shirt all the time. It says Abortion AF on it, which stands for Abortion Access Front. Talk a little bit about what you do with that with that organization because it's so it's so fucking cool, and you can say fuck on my show. Yay! Well, you know, I think the thing that might disappoint your listeners is. Through the course of like what I've done in my career, you know, I co-created The Daily Show. I was the head writer and then I launched Air America Radio and I had a show with Rachel Maddow. Like I had this career that 
would seemingly be um, all of these avenues with which you could expose anti-abortion hypocrisy and the variable in places that I was, was that my super boss was always a dude who would always find a reason that abortion wasn't relevant to larger audiences, literally say shit like, well, are men going to care? And I'm like, well, clearly they haven't if they're not wearing condoms and they don't really care and women pay for all the birth control, but it's important. (laughs) And it was always pushback. Right. And so it just got maddening to where a don't talk about abortion and B there was always this weird hint too of like, you know, we really want to be funny and talk about the issues, but we're not activists. So you can't really have a call to action. And I was like, so basically I'm an anger fluffer. I literally felt like I was just like an anger fluffer and I would get people all riled up and be like, and then you figure out what to do with it. That's up to you, which (laughs) seems like a super bad idea. Yeah, it sells though. It sells AF. And, you know, we've seen that. We've seen that what we recently we found out in internal Facebook documents that their anger emoji got five times the weight as a like or a heart emoji. You know, that rage, it sells. But then don't do anything about it, because if you do, we won't have the rage anymore and we won't get the money from it. Well, and the thing that I think and that is such like a, a privileged way of thinking about it, because most people don't live in a world where if we solve one problem, all the problems are solved. So I'm like a big fan of getting people really raged up and then being like, here's the good news. We're going to channel that rage and we're going to do some stuff. So, but I don't know, about a decade ago, I wrote a book and I I'm from Minneapolis. I lived there part of the time, live in Brooklyn. And I wrote this book and I was finished with the book. And right when I finished the book, that Wendy Davis stuff happened in Texas. And if your listeners remember, it was the first time we really heard that these abortion laws in Texas were terrible. Wendy Davis, the time as a state senator and stood there filibustering on the floor of the Texas uh, Senate for 13 hours. And I was like, this is an outrage. Researched and found out that 26 other states had dropped the exact same law but only Texas had a Wendy Davis. So nobody knew this was happening. So I was like, people need to know this. This is like an outrage. And so I was like, I'm done with my book. I'm going to take my dogs and I'm going to rent a van and I'm going to drive back to New York and I'm going to stop and do benefits the whole way to raise money and awareness. So I called up Planned Parenthood and I was like, hey, I got this van and two dogs and I'm driving across country and they were like, who are you? You sound like a psycho. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, no, I'm no. coming your way. <laughs> I'm coming. And then they did a Google and they were like, okay, I guess you can come. But I stopped in the clinics, which was unheard of in abortion activism, right? People were not going and visiting clinics and every clinic that I went to either the doctor or the person that ran the front desk was like, wow, no one ever comes here. Like, we can't believe you came. And I would bring cupcakes or some like literally doing the bare minimum. And you thought that I had done some wonderful thing. And I was just like, it can't stand that there's nobody looking out for the people providing the care in a a way that is sustained and in a way that's, because if you aren't sustaining yourself in hard work, Um, or don't have somebody helping you, the work dies. Mm. So I went back to New York and I gathered a bunch of comics and writers and musicians and everybody I knew in show business. And I was like, you people use birth control and a lot of you have had abortions and you all got to walk away and carry on and be successful because that was afforded to you. I want to start a nonprofit that takes us all back out on the road and that does shows in towns that are the hardest hit. And then within our shows, we have the clinic and the activists come on board. So we have this like variety show with cool information. And then we have people signing up right in the room and learning what's at stake. And that was all great. And we got all these people signing up in all these towns. But one thing that I learned in the tour is if you provide an abortion in, let's say Oklahoma city, like, you can't get someone to fix your fence 
or mow your lawn or do anything because you provide abortion. So at each of our shows, the clinic would sort of rattle off a list of like odd jobs that they needed to have done or important work they needed to have done. And so we were connecting people. I'll never forget this guy in Oklahoma City was like, wait, wait, are you telling me that I take on this clinic as a client? They pay me. And and that's activism. I make money. And I said, yeah, because you're parking your van in front of that clinic and you're saying I support them. I'm happy they're here and I'm happy to do business with them. And then they also get their fence fixed or their lawn mode or their whatever they need. So we built a network over the course of all these tours that we've done of we've been to like 75 clinics. And so we have this network of activists that all work together, help each other mutually. And uh, it's really great. And I love that because what you and I talked about when when we're going to bring feminist buzzkills over to the to the network is you're like, well, hey, we're a nonprofit. So if we, you know, develop the show and get it up to a level that, you know, we get a bunch of ears on it and we start getting ad revenue, we're going to donate it to this cause. So yeah. it's another situation where you're like, wait, I get paid and I'm being an activist. Yeah. So people who are going to listen to your show, all they have to do is put your show in their ears, download your podcast. That's right. And they That's are right. automatically deemed incredible activists for this yes. cause because that download is generating dollars that will go toward toward the things that you're doing and the things that Abortion Access Front is doing to help provide abortion care to to people who need it. And that is fucking cool that you can, all you got to do is listen and listen, you're an activist. Well, and the cool part about it is, and I know every single one of your listeners is going to be like, yes, yes, yes. Because I was that person where it's like, you hear these stories when they finally do make it to some kind of mainstream news, it's always in this crisis space. And it's always in a space where it's like, I don't know what to do. Is someone ever going to tell me what to do? And it's like, turns out through us having all this experience and being on the road and having all these relationships that when these creepy stories break, we're going to be on top of it every week. We know all of the people who are doing the work on the ground And we can direct folks every episode. We're going to be having the expert you want to hear from on the show instead of the person that wrote an article. Like we're going to have the person in the article because they're our friend and we work with them. Right. And so it's like when you are literally talking to the attorney who helped release this person in Texas this week who was arrested for having their abortion and the activists who help make that happen and they can explain to you the work and then you're donating directly to the people doing the work, not some big amorphous place. That's like, send a donation here. Or if you can't even make a donation, you can sign a petition or make a phone call. Like our big jam is trying to meet you where you live in what you in how you care. Right. So if you're like, if I'm broke and I just love your podcast and it's such good information, it's like, that's awesome. And if you're broke and you can afford the stamp on a postcard, I'll tell you where to send it. And it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. And and your capacity is a big deal. Yeah. And and you can just listen to the information and then know it. Yes. And that is donating. Yes. And that is so and totally cool. That is so that's so especially to when we talk about abortion. How many times have you been stumped by one of your soundbitey relatives? This is one of those issues where people are hardly ever giving you really solid framing. And also when it's not your circus and not your monkey, like step back because, yeah. you know, there's as many conspiracy theorists around abortion as there are around like so much. I saw a woman outside of a clinic at the height of the pandemic holding a sign that said, I will not mask my unborn child. And I was like, bitch, you're wearing pants. Like, what are you even talking about? I don't even understand. If you're wearing underwear, you're double masking. And thirdly, I know that's not how it works, but she probably doesn't know how it works. So, but it's like, it's wild 
and they say things that are not true. And, you know, we need to debunk the myths and start saying abortion again and reclaiming it. And we have so many listeners. Yeah, the word abortion needs to be said more. And there's so many listeners who are like, you know, I need talking points for Uncle Frank at Thanksgiving. You know, that's what I need. And so that is what, you know, that is what Feminist Buzzkills gives is, is not just like you said, it's not just the anger fluffer. It's a call to action, things you can do. And again, simply just listening to the show is something that you can do. And I love that so much. One other thing I wanted to just talk to you really quickly about is some of these folks that you're working with, because I know that, you know, you had reached out to us early on with Abortion AF. We got the shirts. I actually volunteered to become a clinic escort a few times, which I absolutely love doing. It's not so much of an issue here in California, but there are places where it can be. And so I take myself out to East County, which we just we call it Western Arizona. And Mm -hmm. and that's sort of where where that comes in handy. And so I, I loved that you reached out to us and that we were able to meet people who who we could help. But just Tell us a, a couple of some of the other folks that you've been working with and some of the other guests that you that you talk to just so that people kind of get an idea of this isn't just like, you know, what you know, what Bob thinks down on South 4th Street like these this this kind of information is so valuable and so relevant. Talk yes. about that for a minute. So it's it's we are cross it's when you're an intersectional feminist, you just find all of these ways where all these things are living together. Right. So. Um, I think folks don't really understand all the pockets of folks who are uh, working to provide transportation for people who are living in states where they can't access abortion care, raising money for them, raising money for their abortions. Um, Researchers who are doing incredible work um, providing the facts on like, for example, I don't think a lot of folks know that within the United States, um, there's about 700 between 720 and 780 actual abortion providers, clinics that do abortions. And there's about 4,000 fake clinics that have been set up by the anti-abortion right, funded by Christians, also often funded by your tax dollars. It's like eight times as many, like or six, seven times. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot times as many. Mm. And their sole purpose is to mask themselves to use language like they are a clinic to lure vulnerable people in and then to lie to them, give them ultrasounds, literally wear doctor coats, give them ultrasounds, lie to them about their ultrasounds, and then force them into parenting. The information around who funds them, their intersections with anti-abortion extremism, with with uh, white supremacy organizations, with January 6th. Um, The whole anti-abortion movement has big intersections. We're going to talk a lot about where those intersections lie and how those people are interconnected. Um, But really just breaking down the places where um, the anti-abortion movement lives and what we can do to uh, tamp down their lies. And then also celebrating the researchers, the providers, the attorneys, the activists on the ground who are doing incredible work in in the larger reproductive space, also around birth control, around um, you know maternal mortality rates, uh, around the criminalization of pregnant people, because that's a that has been happening for a while and it's just now hitting, and that's a big thing. And I'm glad you said pregnant people because I want to talk about the T in LGBTQ plus. Mm-hmm. And that is the transgender community. And uh, a lot of people are focused on this being a woman's issue. But abortion care and abortion access is not solely a woman's issue. And that's why I'm so glad you said pregnant people talk about what Abortion Access Front does in in that sort of outreach in that space, because it's so very important that we don't leave people behind. It's very important. You know, there's the there's the macro and the micro. Right. So. In, in this sort of larger space of what, when we talk about reproductive health care and what that means for people who, who can have an abortion? I think that's a good way to put it, right? Who can have an abortion? Trans men can have an abortion. Uh, people who are gender non-conforming or are non-binary can have abortions. And we don't think about those things, right? And so when we talk about reproductive care, 
I like to say women, trans men, and non-binary people, because I like to say everybody. Sometimes I'll say pregnant people for shorthand, but still people will default to women when they hear pregnant people. But having reproductive care be inclusive is important because people need different reproductive care. A trans man needs to have a pap smear and maybe has had uh, the, uh, had chest surgery so that they no longer have breasts. Being able to educate folks, doctors, on what compassionate care feels like, how someone who defines as a man um, should be treated when they have a gynecological exam is really important. You know, giving them an experience that feels safe is really important. And while trans women may not be able to have abortions, they certainly need gynecological care. They have anal paps to make sure they don't get prostate cancer. And the thing about a lot of these independent providers that are under attack right now is in many communities, they're also the place that are providing hormone replacement therapy, compassionate uh, reproductive care and exams for trans and and non-binary folks. And so keeping these clinics open for abortion, hell yes, but also to make sure that People who are vulnerable in our communities are getting safe care. And as we are looking at Greg Abbott and these kind of copycat laws that are happening with bounties and with reporting parents to child services for um, helping their, their trans children get the care that they need so that they can be complete people, these clinics are more important than ever. And so I think sometimes people feel like super confused. And sometimes they're hearing it for the first time. Like, why do you say pregnant people and not women? And I always want to be gentle with people who are learning and to help them understand because we all started learning it at some point. We did. And, you know, you and I are of an age where this was a quote unquote woman's issue. Mm -hmm. And it was not ever even talked about in the, in like mainstream discussion at all. And you know, not understanding that doesn't make you a bad person or unsupportive. Now, once you understand it, if you're a fucking asshole, then you're an asshole. But, yeah. you know, it's, it's then the- you're just doubling down <laughs> and just trying to be a jerk because that right. feels good for you. I don't feel safe. Oh, yeah, shut as, up. As George Hahn says, for me, I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, God, I love him. Well, this has been a really wonderful discussion, and I look so much forward to working with you and Feminist Boss Kills Live. I'm so excited. It's It's the perfect home for the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for your kind words. And I I just love the fact that all people have to do to be active is listen, and that you, once you get any ad revenue, you are donating it to, you know, using it. It's a 501c3 to to, to further these causes. And that's just so amazing to me. And and I just want to say it's not a portion, the entire kit and caboodle, like <laughs> any dollar that comes in is going straight to a check is cut to abortion access front so that we can help you also be part of the solution. We are in this together. We have never been better as a movement as when we were gathering in living rooms in the 60s and 70s and scheming and planning and getting marching orders and being bold and present and in the street and defying and bucking our oppressors. And I'm really excited to be able to get people to gather again so that the power is back in all of our hands. Yeah. And th- I think this is this is pioneering. I think this is the first podcast. This is definitely the first podcast I've ever worked with. Or the first podcast that I've heard of that by just listening, you are active and you are yeah. doing something and you are generating a revenue to go toward toward these causes. So thank you so much, by the way. And I, you know, you're just one of my longtime heroes for co-creating The Daily Show. I wouldn't be here if it weren't for The Daily Show and Air America because, you know, Rachel Maddow is a huge hero of mine. You're a huge hero of mine. Jon Stewart is a huge hero of mine. And, you know, I've, I was just talking to somebody the other day. They're like, oh, explain your podcast to me. And, I, and I, the only thing I could think to say was it's, a, it's as funny as the news can be. Yeah. And it's because of your work. So thank you so much. Well, and I just love being able to be funny. And, you know, when you have the moral high ground, you 
get to infuse humor because you're always punching up. There's a reason that right wing orcs never succeed using humor because they don't have a moral high ground. So if you're laughing, pat yourself on the back for having a moral high. (laughs) Yeah. Punching down is never funny. That's why there's no conservative comics (laughs) that are successful or funny, at least. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate that. Look for it soon. It's called Feminist Buzzkills. And uh, also, where can people go and uh, support and get information on abortion access front? Oh, my gosh, that is an easy one. You can go to uh, aafront.org is the website. You can follow us on all the socials at Abortion Front. Uh, Our TikTok is on fire. And, um, you know, one of our one of our last episodes that before we land over here is a good one. We're interviewing the folks from Texas talking about incarceration and all this other stuff. So if you just if you just type in or go wherever you listen to podcasts right now and listen to this episode of Feminist Buzzkills Live, but go subscribe so we can pull you over yes. to the news home. We're excited. Yes. Subscribe, rate, et cetera. And uh, you will you'll be up on the on the network soon. And I, and I'm, I couldn't be happier about it. Thank you so much. Very stoked. Sure. Thanks. (laughs) Liz Winstead. Uh, Everybody stick around. We'll be right back with the good news. As if you needed more good news today. Hey, everybody. It's AG for the Daily Beans. And we're sponsored today by Athletic Greens, a company that specializes in convenient, comprehensive daily nutrition to fill in the gaps. When life becomes busy, you're hectic. It's eating healthy is hard. And, you know, I'm also perimenopausal. I'm paleo and I intermittently fast. So I've got gaps in my nutrition. But Athletic Greens has come to my rescue. One delicious scoop of AG1 from Athletic Greens provides a comprehensive and complete daily nutrition. AG1 has multivitamins, multiminerals, probiotics, a green superfood blend, 75 vitamins and minerals in all, and whole food ingredients. And I feel energized and productive all day when I take AG1 in the morning. I take it right before I go to the gym. And it's an easy habit to pick up. It's so convenient. It's better than it replaces like 10 different bottles of pills and probiotics and superfood scoops that I used to have to take. But now it's all in one convenient, delicious scoop of AG1. Bioavailable ingredients. They are keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, and gluten-free friendly. Less than one gram of sugar. No GMOs ever. No chemicals or artificial anything. And it tastes great. I love AG1. And they update their product based on science and research, which is amazing because usually a supplement hits the market. doesn't change for decades. But 53 improvements in the last decade to AG1 Athletic Greens. And they do that based on the latest research. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free immune-supporting one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase when you go to athleticgreens.com slash dailybeans today. Again, simply visit athleticgreens.com slash dailybeans to take control of your health and give AG1 a try. And now that we've given ourselves our nutrition, it's time to give some nutrition to our doggos. And that is Daily Bean's new sponsor, Jiminy's. When you own a dog and care about the environment too, Jiminy's sustainable dog food and treats are a great option to help you reduce your dog's carbon footprint. Jiminy's produces fewer greenhouse gas emissions and uses less land and water than traditional animal protein dog food and treats. Compared to traditional protein treats, Jiminy's cricket protein treats save 220 gallons of water per bag, per bag. Plus, my dog absolutely loves them. Jiminy's includes tasty, nutritious plant-based ingredients such as sweet potatoes, blueberries, and peanut butter and pumpkin. Jiminy's is easy for dogs to digest because cricket protein contains a fiber that's prebiotic, which supports a healthy dog gut. Jiminy's is also good for your dogs with a food sensitivity or allergies, uh, which is and that's amazing because I know Olive's got a little bit of a sensitivity to food. And these are so delicious. I use them to train. So they're truly amazing. I love Jiminy's and I love that it contains plant based ingredients and that it's sustainable and better for the environment and uses less water. Uh, And she just loves them. I recommend getting Jiminy's for your dog today. To learn more and save 25% on your first purchase, go to Jiminy's.com slash DailyBeans25 and use code DailyBeans25 at checkout. That's Jiminy's, like Jiminy Cricket, J-I-M-I-N-Y-S dot com slash DailyBeans25 with code DailyBeans25. You'll be glad you did. Everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Well, we'll blow it on good news. It's on the way. And if you have any good news or photos or confessions or whoopee stories or misheard song lyrics, or you want to tell me your silly superpower, whatever it is, you can send it in to us. If you're having birthday celebrations, Easter bunny photos, I take Halloween pictures all year. I take any pictures all year, whatever. Send them in. Dailybeanspod.com. 
click on contact. And uh, for some reason, Apple decided to wipe out all multiple thousands of our five star reviews. I don't know why they did that, but they're gone. And uh, so if you could go give us one, if you haven't already, I would love you very much. All right. First up, Dana from Paul, pronouns he and him. Dear Allison, Dana and Amy, wherever you are out being a fabulous movie star. I know she's so amazing. My good news is that my wife and I spent the last weekend out in the Provo, Utah area where my daughter will be starting med school in August. Nice. Looking for an apartment for my daughter and her girlfriend. None of us have been to Utah before, and my daughter and her partner are a bit nervous about relocating given the less than enthusiastic support of the LGBTQ community they have historically received from the Mormon church. The good news is that driving around the area, we saw quite a few pride flags, certainly more than Trump MAGA flags or bumper stickers, I guess partially due to the Trump-Romney feud. (laughs) People were generally nice, and they found an apartment that looks perfect. After a get-together with the local roller derby team, hell yeah, both my daughter and her partner are proud members of the Brew City Bruisers Roller Derby Club in Milwaukee, hell yeah, and a beautiful hike on Mount... Timpanogos? No idea how it's pronounced. (laughs) (laughs) They were feeling much better about their move. The only downside was some wacky-ass liquor laws. (laughs) (laughs) There are wacky-ass liquor laws in Utah. After wandering around a grocery store for 20 minutes looking for a bottle of wine and only finding some weak beer, we found out that you can only buy liquor with over 5% alcohol content in state-run liquor stores. That is correct. That is so weird, too. And when you go, they're like, cinder block buildings that just say state liquor store. That's the only place you can buy wine. We managed to find a state run store 15 minutes before closing. We're able to stock up for the weekend. We also found out that you're limited to two drinks at dinner. I'm sure the girls will figure out how to manage around these restrictions. (laughs) If it is their greatest challenge, they'll be lucky. As pod pet tax, I'm including a find a cat picture of Luigi, who lets himself into the cabinet if I'm not dispensing cat treats fast enough. Ah, uh, yes. Also including pictures of Luigi and Eloise playing their favorite game of upper cat, lower cat, and chilling by the fire. <laughs> Thanks for all you do to make the world a better place. Upper cat, lower cat, I love. There, there's the kitty. I love Hello. That. So real quick, AG and Paul, I hope you're listening. Um, this is awesome. And I will just say, I believe uh, for your daughter, right? Yes, but my daughter and her partner. So Utah is, yes, a very, it's concerning with the Mormon church, but I want you to write down these things, if you will. Equality Utah, the Human Rights Campaign, INCIRCLE, E-N-C-I-R-C-L-E. Those are three organizations that are massive in the state of Utah for LGBTQ rights if they want to get involved. And coming up in May, there is an incredible festival called Love Loud, and it's headlined by Imagine Dragons. Dan Reynolds is a massive massive support for the LGBTQ community and has single-handedly challenged the Mormon church and their beliefs and has made some strides, even though there's a lot of work to do. And if your daughter and her partner are interested, they should look up a documentary called Believer on HBO. So those are all really good things that you can uh, have in Utah that may just make them feel like, hey, this community is much bigger than we think, and it'll help them find some of their, quote, people. Awesome. All right. Thank you, Dana. Of course. This next one is from Jack, pronouns he and him. Hello, my youngest kid, Joe, pronouns she, they, he. Joe is in their last few weeks of high school and indoor drumline is going really well. Hey. Yeah, they just won their circuit championship and we go to the WGI World Championship next week. The drumline has a lot of momentum going into this competition. I told the drumline back in the fall that if they make finals at this competition, then we would let the seniors have my, oh, shave my beard. (laughs) <laughs> Hopefully, I'll come back in a couple of weeks freshly shorn. Joe's band and drumline got me going on other reason to write today. You asked for our crafts. Well, I'm generally a handy person and dusted off years old welding skills when the kids started in band. There's always a need for stuff to be built or repaired. I started building percussion carts and props, and that has turned into a decent little side gig. Attached are a couple pictures of some props and my favorite drummer, Joe, on the drum set cart I designed. My website is propsandcarts.com. Awesome. A description of some of the props in the pick. We've got, uh, there's a full-size TARDIS for a doctor, Doctor Who themed show that got turned into a broken grandfather clock for another show. A huge set of ramps, a podium with another shot of Joe on the drum set cart next to it. And finally, a set of four 70s TVs mounted on a mobile frame that also looked like a security console for this year's show. 
These are awesome. For pod pet tax, I give you an updated picture of Diesel and Ruby, our Aussies. They're so much fun to have around. These pictures bring back crazy memories. So I think I told everyone, and you may not know this, but I was section leader of the drum line in high school from my sophomore year on. I played center snare and I was also the second, and I, I, I'm proud of this because I was the second best jazz drummer in the state for many years. There was this protege named Andrew that was like leaps and bounds above me. And then I was below him. And then everyone else was like leaps and bounds below that. <laughs> yeah, there's always just that one person. That, they, that like, there's nothing. It couldn't have mattered. I think I beat him once. And it was the best day of my high school years. But yeah, yeah, I was second chair alto in state yeah. choir. And there was the one alto, just no one ever was going to fucking touch that. Alto. He was like Kenny G. You're like, what the fuck am I supposed to do with this? <laughs> <laughs> I could beat Kenny G. But no, yeah, I can't even. Actually, it was, yeah, I know exactly what you mean, though. You're like, mm, okay, there's always somebody yeah. better. I love these pictures of Joe. This is awesome. And my goodness, Dad, these are just, I mean, Jack, this is really cool work. That's amazing. That's really amazing. I mean, you know. That's a lucky child to have that much support. I love the kit, all of it. Wow. Wow. And those dogs are beautiful. I'm sh- show these always. to my mom and be like, where were you? Yeah, totally. I'm kidding. I won't do that. <laughs> Look at the Aussies. Oh, the babies. Ah, thank you for that. What a great submission. And congrats, Joe. Uh, Jennifer, pronoun she and her. Good morning, AGDG and the gang. I'm a relatively new listener, but I'm so glad I found your show. I wake up, read Heather Cox Richardson. Yes. And then you are my accompanist as I slog through D.C. traffic. Uh, Although I am a native San Diegan, if that gives me cool points. It does, Jennifer. And I've thought many times about moving to D.C. except for that traffic part. Anyhow, I really enjoyed Rick Smith on today's show. I'm the type of woman he calls for. You know, the one who doesn't take the shit uh, the office assholes dish out. However, I find that I'm mostly expected to be the better person. I find it so interesting that it is just the way it is when the asshole has a penis. But the minute I let my vagina rage, it's too much. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like we should call this episode, Let Your Vagina Rage. Let my vagina. (laughs) I'm writing it down. I mean, as an option, we'll keep it in the bag. Let your vagina rage. Anyhow, I'm sending a few pics from the summer of 2020 when my middle kid, who is trans, they, them, and I were raging against MAGA during the Black Lives Matter protests in D.C. Also sharing a drone photo of the protest we led in our community in the burbs of D.C. Hope y'all have a great day and thanks for the news. It's right up my alley. Lots of swearing. <gasps> Look at this drone image. That's so fucking cool. That is really cool. I love that. <sighs> Yes. Look at that right in front of me. I have so many. Trump. And I love the cops. Just like oh, I also me. love the middle ones. Probably like, I don't want to look at this person because they're attractive. Because <laughs> <laughs> the other two, or at least you're like annoyed. You can tell. And the guy in the middle is like, I, I approve this message, but I can't show that I approve this message. Yeah, exactly. Stop hiding, oh. bunker bitch. I love that sign. So good. Excellent. So good. Thank you for all of that. All right. This is from Elisa. Pronoun she and her. Easter bunny pics, booby stories, what the mutt submissions you say? Well, I've got you covered. I present to you <laughs> Lachlan Foster, our foster fail. He stole our hearts when he showed up four years ago. We had no idea what breed he was, but he definitely appeared to be some sort of shepherd mix. Aussie, perhaps? Nah, his tail plumage was too magnificent. Border collie? Possibly. But at 45 pounds, who would be a big one? So we gave him a hyphenated name, both Scottish and Australian, with a nod to our shortcomings as a foster family. Lachlan Foster. I know. This year for Christmas, inspired by listening to the show, my husband splurged for a doggy DNA test. Embark really should be one of your sponsors. I keep telling my ad agency, we got to get Embark on here to sponsor this segment. Totally. Anyway, here he is with his flock of lamb chops and a bonus pick of him as the Easter Bunny. I included his test results for fun. Thank you, Allison and Dana, for continuing to be such an important part of my day. I really appreciate your work. Oh okay, my so God, I love the flock of lamb chops because I—that was what—that's Olive's favorite. But look at the next picture. Are the lamb chops? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! All right, so let's see if we can guess what the mud. we have. Australian healer because there's blue, like blue healer in there. Definitely, I think maybe a little German Shepherd, even German Shepherd, probably one of those cat, cata, you know, the ones that I'd never realized existed. I also see a little cocker spaniel in the snout. Oh yeah, look it, because it's kind of short snout. It's kind of got the fluffy ears. Yeah, maybe. 
Um, Chow Chow and Husky. All right, let's see what we got. I'm writing them down. I don't know why. Genetic breed. English Shepherd. I don't even know. Uh, tree, uh, treeing Walker Coonhound. Oh, yeah, okay. that was going to be my second guess. That's for 13%. On, that's uh, what's on everybody's lips. The treeing Walker Coonhound. It just rolls right off the tongue. Border Collie, Labrador Retriever, Collie the Scottish type, and a black and tan coonhound. There you mm. have it. Yep, I would have never guessed any of those. Nope. Embark, sponsor us. And t- and can I have, you should have a class. I need to go take totally. a class. Next up from June, no pronouns given. Hello, beans, queens. This is a confession and a good news at the same time. Me working at home and my kids doing their online school there too in 2020 was a lot. Plus the worry about us getting sick and the general fuckery in the government. Yeah. The confession is that I dealt with it all in the mommy needs her giant juice box way like you see on t-shirts. Bad scene all around. Finally, finally, the kids went back to school. I decided I need to make some changes, including putting the glass down. I bribed myself with a promise that I would do something awesome just for me if I could make it work. The good news, it's been more than a year and I did it. When I hit a year, I signed up for an improv class in town. I've always loved Whose Line Is It Anyway, and it looks super fun. Class starts in May and I'm really nervous. I'd love any advice you have on that. Anyway, your podcast was one of the bright things making life bearable, and I hope I learned how to make things bright, too. Uh, for Pod Pet Tax, please see uh, Mr. Mistopheles, our furry friend who gives good snuggles when they darn well feel like it. Look at Oh, what a beautiful kitty. I, I do have cat, a little improv cat advice. make me happy. The cat names? Yeah. Yeah, me too. Mr. Mis- Mis- I can't ever say it. Mr. Mistopheles. That's from Cats, right? Maybe. I'm not crazy. Uh, so improv advice. I'm just reading as uh, you may be listening to the MSW book club and I'm reading Wajahat Ali's go back to where you came from and other helpful recommendations on how to become an American. And he talks about in some of the earlier chapters about trying out for the improv troupe in his high school. And he didn't make it the first year he tried out sophomore year, didn't make it his junior year and his senior year was his last chance to try out. And he, he had noted that he was always a little bit trepidatious of sounding like a fool or sounding silly or weird or dumb or, you know, you know, just not uncool, you know, which is like a lot of people's biggest fear is to, you know, wonder if people what, what people will think. So senior year, he just left it all on stage and decided, I don't care if I look stupid or weird or if I say something bananas, I'm just going to lay it all out there and let the chips fall where they may. And he made it onto the improv troupe that senior year. Uh, yes. So yes, and that, <laughs> and that's actually all my improv advice. Yes, yes and, and that's it. Yes, and <laughs> yeah. I I thought when I started when I took a class at UCB, I just needed to watch a bunch of Whose Line Is It Anyway to get prepped. That didn't really help. But another thing is just the, the really uh, sometimes Dana and you can attest to this the only thing that helps is time right 100% like doing it yep um i you know at first when i started comedy crowd work was really hard but then you start doing crowd work and then you start seeing patterns you know and you can sort of read people and you can you'll use the same jokes but in different ways and that just takes time to build so if you don't do well don't feel bad because Time is your number one thing and doing it and spending time doing it is the thing that makes you good. Absolutely. And all I would say is that improv is one of the one thing in the world that you do that you just have to be a hundred percent present. And so when you walk into that class, make sure that you're not thinking about anything else because that person you are talking to is counting on you to expand the scene. So it is a perfect way to to let all of those other things in your life just go for an hour and go, this is where I'm going to be. And this is where my focus is. Yeah. It reminds me of that uh, scene in LA story. And I know I bring this up a lot, but it applies so many times, but they're having lunch at that restaurant where they have the, where they serve the California cuisine. And somebody mentions that a woman who is sitting next to Steve Martin is uh, studying the art of conversation. And Steve Martin looks at her and says, oh, you're taking a course in conversation. And she looks at him and goes, yes, that's it. And that's it. (laughs) Sometimes it's just about the timing. (laughs) Don't do that. Improv is all about timing. 
Uh, anyway, what great submissions today. Thank you. My my mood has been elevated sufficiently and probably exceedingly sufficiently. I feel really good. So thank you very much. Any final thoughts, Dana? No final thoughts for today. Okay. Well, I'm glad you had a wonderful birthday. <laughs> that was my improv. Ask me again. Uh, <clears throat> Any final thoughts for today, Dana? No. Hmm. That's hmm. it. <laughs> hmm. Okay. Then you just nod and go, hmm. hmm. All right. Well, everybody, we'll be back tomorrow. Until then, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Take care of your mental health. Vote blue over Q. That's so important. I've been AG. And I've been DG. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg and Amy Carrero. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for The Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com. MSW Media. <laughs>